Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hey there, ghosties. In this episode, I'll be doing a live reading with one of my beloved listeners. Every Wednesday, listen in on an intimate conversation and get inspired as we explore perspectives on life, love, and the human condition. Along the way, we'll uncover valuable insights and practical lessons that you can apply to your own life. And don't forget to hit subscribe or at the very least mark your calendars because every Sunday I'll be back with your weekly horoscope. And that you don't want to miss. Let's get started. This is a gentle content warning for this episode you're about to listen to. In the reading, we discuss topics related to the violence in Israel and Palestine and complex emotions around the topic come up. If this feels helpful, please listen on. If not, I'll talk to you in just a couple of days. Andrew, welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. What would you like reading about? Thanks for having me. So the context is that after the Hamas attacks on October 7th, I was really caught up in it and having a lot of strong feelings because it was so intense and because I was kind of like checking in on how I was feeling, something that came up was that I really wasn't having the same level of concern for Israelis that were killed or kidnapped uh, Mm -hmm. or injured even in those days. And that really disturbed me and it kind of fucked with me because it brought up something that I think I've known about myself, which is that like, I have these sort of righteous feelings of like, these people are correct and these people are, these people are right in their values and others aren't. And in this context, the people that were killed were were citizens. They were innocent. I don't know that they were actively contributing to any kind of conflict. And there was children and all that sort of stuff. And so it really kind of hit me differently mm. when I realized that, you know, how can you be concerned with the well-being of people be for social justice? You know, I say that like, I want an end to like cycles of violence and oppression, but that didn't extend to these victims. So I guess that's a, that's a context. And I guess what I, what I want to talk to you about was like, why, <laughs> why mm. it's kind of fucked up. And I think it, it manifests itself in other ways in my life, but this was a really strong example of like, why don't I extend compassion and empathy to all people in all circumstances, I guess. And then the sub question is like, is there something about, you know, staying in the theoretical realm of learning about social justice, of anti-oppression, and how do we move into actually putting that into practice, even for people that, I mean, in this case, it's not that, but even for people that we disagree with, you know? And I'm really struggling with that. And I don't know if you have any insight yeah. into that. Yeah. And just to be clear, like, part of what you're talking about is that you do have a ton of empathy for Palestinians in Gaza and in the West Bank mm-hmm. who are under occupation and bombardment from the state of Israel, right? Yeah, yeah. So my yeah. heart, like, really immediately and also just based on social circles and and life experience, having closer ties to Palestinians and Israelis, though not necessarily to Jews as a whole, you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of Jewish friends and stuff like that. But I've lived in the Middle East. I have friends who are Palestinian. And just like, you know, politically also in terms of like anti-colonial movements, that's what you kind of like, or, or you know, or I have been like pro-Palestinian for many years. And so my my 
concerns immediately went for them and also immediately like dreading what was to come after those attacks, right? I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is not going to be good for anybody. So concern for for Gazans kind of to the exclusion to the Israelis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we just want to like first and foremost sit with the realness and the vulnerability of your question, because I do, don't do think you are alone in having a hard time sitting with the emotional complexity of like the the and also mm-hmm. of something that is so big and the treatment that Palestinians have endured from the state of Israel for decades has just been, you know, it, clearly we agree that it has been clearly atrocious and what is happening now is beyond words. And also, right? And also, you know, lots of little kids and, and adults and, you know, just people, there was really terrible things that happened on the 7th of October. Yeah. And just to get a little context around this, when you're talking about this and when you're thinking about this and reflecting on your experience, is this about specifically and exclusively the Israelis that suffered under this specific attack? And, you know, some they're still hostages, right? Is it specifically about that or is it about Jews in general or Zionists in general? Do you have a sense of that? Israelis yeah. in general? I, th- I think it's it's the conflation of Israelis and Zionism. Mm. Because my Jewish friends, not all, but for the most part, are, are a lot of anti-Zionists that are really kind of like stepping up in their activism these days. And, and, and so it's not the conflation between Jews and Israel, it's Israelis and Zionists. And I think it's the mm-hmm. Zionism that I've, I've, you know, spent so much more time being critical of that and thinking about that, that I don't separate the two, which is also rationally doesn't make sense because I know that like, and this is actually from Israelis that I've met that, that are the most critical of the state of Israel are Israelis, mm-hmm. right? And so there's this like incoherence in my mind. I'm like, I know rationally that a lot of Israelis don't support what their state does that are actively fighting to like come to some kind of solution, you know, or to come to end the occupation or to come to some kind of two-state solution. And I know rationally about the like long history of Jews fighting for all sorts of different like social justice causes. Mm-hmm. And so that's where it also really like jarred me this, like, how can I be so numb to the suffering when, and that's kind of what my sub question is about. How do you, how do you like tie the rational and the like kind of emotional lived reactions? Well, I'm going to keep on like unraveling this question with you for a moment, but I want to just kind of like, I don't want you to like worry. I see it in your chart. We will get there in a second, but I want to ask, do you have the same feeling of having a hard time separating the actions of the United States of America from Americans? Like it all the wars. Who we're talking about. Okay. We talk about Americans. There's like a caricature of Americans, I guess. Yeah. That, and they're, they're based on stereotypes. It's based on representation, you know, that, that kind of stuff. But it's a good question. It's, it's like once there's a personal relationship, then there's an exception made. But mm-hmm. I fall into these broad strokes kind of right. um, generalizations, I think. So related to that, then, you know, the colonial project called Canada. Ditto. Yes. It sounds like you don't have the same, like, you, you see where I'm going with this. Is like, do, yeah. you, do you feel that all Canadians, do you feel that same feeling that you feel about Israelis, about Canadians, because the country of Canada is mm-hmm. bloody handed when it comes to its treatment of 
people indigenous to these lands. Exactly. So, so but do you have that same feeling is, is the question. Like sort of Canadians capital C as this like faceless mob. Yes. Mm, yeah. But it's not as strong, right? right it's not right. as, yeah, but I do get into those kinds of like this group is, and, and I do the thing that I criticize like, you know, right-wing people from doing of like this group without any like nuance is right. bad. Yeah. And this other group is virtuous or mm-hmm. is good. So um, I, I have another question and I'm going somewhere here. So Russia, the, the, the government of Russia is, you know, propaganda machine, lots mm-hmm. of, lots of fucking problems, but then there's the, the people of Russia, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have the same feeling that you have about Israelis state of Israel which it sounds like it's like on a scale from one to 10, that shit's a 10. You know, Americans, maybe it's like, I don't know, like a seven or something. Canadian sounds like maybe it's a four or five. Like I'm making up these numbers. But like mm-hmm. it it seems like around your activation. Do you have that with Russia at all? No, and I think it's because it's much less on my radar. Because it's less on your radar, even with I, what happened, what's been happening in Ukraine. It's been on my radar a bit because of mm-hmm. Ukraine. But this is like, you know, like, you know, I went to high school in the Middle East. So I've been thinking and I had friends with Palestinians. The the first guy I ever hooked up with was Palestinian. Mm-hmm. And we talked a lot about it. And I knew his family well. And a lot of, you know, so, that, so that's been on my mind a lot too. And also like, mm. also the, the, the counterpoint growing up in a place where like a lot of my schoolmates were, were Jewish and hearing a lot about the Holocaust. So there's, that was just more present, right? And the same thing with the States, you can't avoid when you, you know Canadians can't avoid consuming American media and hearing mm-hmm. the news. And so it's just like, I think the time scale is very different. But if I think about Russia, sort of, I think it's, but it, it, it's like this sort of, yeah, this sort of kind of like prejudice, I guess, that I have that I, I know rationally that there's plenty of resistance to Putin's regime and to what's going on. But I also like have this like, unreasonable but gut sort of assumption that most Russians probably support their regime. Mm, Interesting. Okay. So I'll just tell you why I'm asking these questions. One is just to kind of understand you a little bit better and like what what it is, like what what it is that's up inside of you. And also a little bit to understand like what is a relationship that you have to Jewish people versus, you know, Americans, which is like a bazillion different kinds of people, you know, a lot of different kinds of people in Canada, a lot less diversity in Russia as an example. But, you know, I'm just kind of like trying to understand that a little bit. And what's really important in all of this is that first and foremost, you're being honest about your emotional stickiness. And I I do like... As a Jewish person with family in Israel, <laughs> I want to say, like, I really appreciate it. I, I really appreciate your honesty. I don't think you're alone. And before we started recording, I said, I do not think you're alone in feeling mm-hmm. this way. And you were like, uh, maybe I think I am. I don't think you are. I think that it is very hard to, and also when we're in a state of activation and passion in small matters and in big matters. And I don't think this is like exclusive to you, though I'm going to tell you exactly how it's about you, you know, in a moment. But ideologically, when we are looking at things that are happening in other countries, when we are learning about these things and we see, I mean, what the fucking state of Israel is doing is, is I never feel comfortable with the words because they're never enough to describe the horrors that are happening. Mm-hmm. So to look at that and to not have an extreme 
Plutonian emotional reaction is really hard. And when I say Plutonian, Pluto governs our flight or fight mechanisms, our survival mechanisms. And so when we're in a state of Plutonian activation, it's all or nothing, good guy, bad guy, right? Enemy, friends, like that's it. And whenever our survival mechanisms get activated, it is exceptionally hard to sort through those to get to the emotional nuance that you're kind of talking about, which is recognizing that you have an emotional like block about something that is not in alignment with your values. Like you can talk about like, oh, I have empathy for these people, but you're not feeling it is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I doubt that I have empathy because I don't feel it. That's I what see. made me feel like a sociopath. Like, right. Yeah, there was a question that came up there that was what I'm judging also in myself is why am I having such a strong reaction? I don't know, maybe it's human, maybe it's a stupid question, but I'm like, it's, 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 it's not mine, right? I am not of these communities. I'm not of these things. And and in, in the smaller instances also in my life where this sort of thing comes up, sometimes I'm like, you know, mind your own business. Like you're not, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that injustice that I'm seeing there. And injustice is a strong word for the other smaller examples of like, somebody running a red light and I'm thinking that person deserves to be like, you know, you know, have a ticket, like the cops should pull up and arrest him. I'm like, right. you know, it's not about me. And it becomes about me in this like strong way that like, is that appropriate? You know? Mm-hmm. So what you're talking about is punishment. You're talking about punishing mm-hmm. the bad guys. It, it's not fair for there not to be consequences for people who do the wrong things or who are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you want there to be a consequence. And I, again, don't think you're alone in having that thought and having that feeling. I think whether we are talking about the passion and fervor of Zionists or the passion and fervor of anti-Zionists, I think there is a lot of that on both sides. I don't think we can look to any atrocity being perpetrated across the world and not have that reaction on some level. When we're talking about, I mean, somebody running a red light, yeah, that's not, it's not exactly your business unless you're involved, I guess. But in terms of what's happening in Gaza, yeah, it's all of our business. It's like, it's it's a humanitarian issue and, and we need to be concerned. But what you're speaking to is that part of you that you don't feel like you have control over who's a self-appointed yourself judge and jury. And not only without enough data, but like, you know, kids were murdered, Ch- little children were murdered. They're, they saw their parents murdered and that yeah. doesn't spark empathy and that you cognitively understand is like it's injustice. So let's get into your chart. I'm going to have you say your full name out loud first. Oh, that's interesting. OK, so part of what happens for you is you kind of get like wound up and wound up and wound up on an issue. So certainly we're talking about this, but you're right. This is not just about this. It's just you want to work on it. Again, I appreciate that. You get wound up and wound up and wound up. And it's almost like a high because you do feel a sense of like certainty or like a a sense of purpose almost when you get get righteous. Righteous. That's the word. Yeah. Righteous. I see it. You get really righteous and, and it does make you feel better. And then you crash and you feel worse. And this is the struggle of being a Scorpio rising with a Saturn conjunction to the rise, only three degrees apart. This is the struggle of having a Pluto moon square. It's out of sign, but girl, it's a Pluto moon square. Mm. This kind of like Plutonian Scorpio with some heavy Saturn hammers in there. It's kind of like feeling into 
or or tapping into a shitty situation and making yourself feel better by being kind of like, again, Saturnian, like the judge and jury. And it does make you feel above it a minute. And that minute might be like a week and it might be an hour or it might be like whatever. But it's like, no, it's makes short. you it, it's it short doesn't for last you. long. OK, yeah. so it it's a minute. And then there's a crash and then you feel worse than the worst. Like it's it's this is the problem with the scorpionic plutonian energy is that it's all or nothing. So if they're all wrong, then there's nothing wrong with you in that moment. And then if you all of a sudden find yourself acting like judge and jury and you're like, I am the bad guy. And if you are the bad guy, then you treat yourself in the same way you treated the guy who ran the red light like a judge and jury and that same punishing and judgmental kind of like all or nothing attitude gets applied to your own misgivings and your own mistakes and your own problems. Oh yeah. And I want to just like pull back and be clear, you know, we are talking about the like psychological, emotional, and spiritual complexity inside of you. And it's talking about it in the context of Gaza and the state of Israel is, is a d- different thing. And we can kind of like step in and out of doing that. But like talking about the personal and the political at the same time can get sticky because we can't paint them with the exact same brush. Right. Yeah. Now, say your full name again in, in your native tongue. This comes out of your mom's side of the family, this behavior. No, I mean, I had a conversation with my dad recently that was really kind of similar to he can't say sorry because he's not wrong. He's never wrong, right? He's never wrong. How so does your mom know, handle me, it? My mom blows past it. Mm-hmm. She'll just be, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and then just like, but doesn't pause and mm-hmm. stay with it. Um, and she's still with your dad, eh? Oh no, they. Oh, they're divorced. Uh, they're separated very recently. Congratulations. Although okay. the ties, maybe you're feeling energetically how they're not. They're not separated. separated. Yeah, yeah. No, I do feel that very much. So, but. I would encourage you to consider not how this isn't to do with your dad, but how it may be to do with your mom more than you've been thinking, Mm -hmm. because her way is more passive, but it's not that different. And you move through the world with diplomatic language and better social skills than your dad. (laughs) Um, And in a way, this... Therefore, it looks a little bit more like it does in your mom than it does like you and your dad. I mean, not when you're going toe to toe with your dad. That's a different conversation. I mean, that's like this whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. But but I'd be curious for you to think about your mom and your mom's family and how whether it's martyred behavior or it's perpetrator behavior in a way they become kind of heads and tails of the same coin. eh? Mm-hmm. It's funny because when you asked me about my mom, I was thinking about my grandparents and the relatives that are dead. But just now I was thinking about my family that's still alive that I don't see very often. And I'm like, oh yeah, they like to get on their high horse and never concede a point. Yep. Um, yeah. 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 I just had forgotten about those folks. <laughs> it's fun, fun facts, right? Yeah. And And I think, you know, the more complex you understand the world to be, the more diverse and nuanced your lived experiences, right? Like the more different kinds of people you're around, the more different kinds of ideas you're around. And also the more nuance you learn about a topic, the more it takes emotional resiliency to be able to stay emotionally present with whatever comes up. And 
most of us do not have the capacity to do that at all. And it becomes more extreme, I'll say, in times like this, where everywhere you turn, there is conversation about what's happening in Gaza. There is atrocities being shared. There's fucking people fighting, saying the worst. I mean, people are awful, it turns out, and saying and doing the worst things all over the place. And it's so painful to bear witness. It's painful Mm -hmm. to forget acknowledging how you're a part of it, right? That's not even where I'm at yet. It's just about bearing witness to all of this pain and all of this rage kind of constantly, as I think anyone who's on social media and paying attention to what's Mm -hmm. happening is doing. And what most humans do is we stick our heads in the sand. We become hypervigilant. We become like hyperactivated around it. Or we do the fawn, right? Fight, flight, fawn. Or we just kind of like freeze and we don't do anything. We let other people kind of like do all the things around us. Mm-hmm. And in those states, it's not really realistic to be able to sit with emotional complexity. So I want to just, I'm wanting to talk about the two layers at once and I have to like pick a lane here. So bear with me for a second. <laughs> I'm going to go into you really personally and then we can kind of come back to the larger topic. So in your birth chart, you have this Saturn conjunction to the Ascendant in Scorpio, and you were raised to believe there's a right and a wrong, period. And that that right or wrong has consequences. And were you raised religious? Yeah. Catholic, communion, confirmation, the whole thing went to mass almost every Sunday. From your chart, it looks more like you were raised with the rules, regulations, and culture of religion because it's like what's right and what's wrong how you live how you don't live who you connect Mm -hmm. with who you don't connect with as opposed to like spirituality associated with it oh yeah yeah it's what your chart says and so you know you were given really clear (laughs) repetitive information about the consequences of being wrong Mm -hmm. and how there is a right and a wrong and ultimately there is a judge and a jury on high and I'm assuming you rejected religion young. Well, it's funny. I didn't reject it the first, at at like 12, I think it was, or 13, just really questioning Catholicism and how rote it was and how Mm -hmm. nobody believed anything, right? That that lack of spirituality, you know? And so by a weird twist of circumstance, I ended up becoming a uh, evangelical Christian for a hot four years, my teenage years. And then it was mostly to hide that I was a little gay boy and that if I, you know, was just very religious, then I could say no to girls. <laughs> um, and then eventually, by the time I was, I think, 18, gave that up too. Yeah, I gave up religion, but I'm very, like, curious about spirituality, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, in your birth chart, you have this Uranus interception. Uranus in Sagittarius intercept your first house. And this makes you super individualistic, like, you know, a queerdo, basically, <laughs> to, to use shorthand. But it's in Sagittarius, which is the the zodiac sign that governs over religion. And so for you, conventional religion is not it. But exploring and like trying on different kinds of religions, questioning religions, is it for you. Mm-hmm. This is what's important for me to say about this. You were actively discouraged from questioning anything. That's how Uranus got intercepted in your first house. You were not allowed to be a weirdo, let alone a queerdo. You were not allowed to question the rules that God gave. 
And also father gave, right? Saturn conjunct your ascendant. I mean, you don't get a permissive, supportive daddy in <laughs> with that placement, <laughs> right? That's not a thing. So for you, there is this internal tug of war that is kind of chronically at play where, you know, your Saturn ascendant conjunction is really just like, I have to do the right thing. And if I don't do the right thing, I'm wrong. And I have to be constantly scanning for good, bad, better, worst, good, bad, better, worst. And if I land on anything other than, you know, the best, I'm the worst. It's this very punitive and very black and white kind of thinking. And it's not your cognitive analysis. It's like knee-jerk reaction stuff. Yeah. 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 And on top of it, you've got, you know, your three planets, you've got Mars. Oh, shit. Did we share your birth information? I feel like I we, we skipped did. it. Like a couple of crazy. Okay. <laughs> so you were born June 25th, 1985, 5.51 p.m. in Montreal, Quebec. That's right. Okay, great. So you have Mars and Mercury conjunction in Cancer, and you also have the moon in Cancer. Your moon is square to Pluto. It's an out-of-sign square, but it is a square. This moon-Pluto square indicates a lot of things. But core here is that you witnessed firsthand in your early developmental experience the consequences of standing up for yourself, of asking for emotional support. And this was probably happening to you, but also around you in your parents' relationship. Yeah. And what it did is it gave you this hypersensitivity to the good guy being worthy of love and the bad guy being a danger that you have to protect yourself from and therefore someone you have to be constantly tracking. So for you, when you track things, you automatically, with that Scorpio rising conjunct Saturn, when you start tracking things, it doesn't matter what you're tracking. The second you start tracking things, you go into super fucking judgmental mode. So if you're like, I want to get these cute socks my friend has, and you start looking around at like online sites at socks, all of a sudden you become super bitchy about socks. I mean, can't relate to the experience, but sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. About socks. Socks are not your thing. Okay. That's fair. Respect. Respect. I I use the example of socks and this is why I want to make sure if it's accurate or not, because it's like not about things that are so deep necessarily. Like it's sometimes it's about things that that is right. eh? It's these trivial things. That's what, since I wrote my question, I'm like trying to track where I'm feeling this judginess and it's fucking everywhere. It's It's, everywhere. Mm -hmm. And once I see it, I'm like, calm down. Like, what is your problem with, you know? Well, policing everything. That's what it feels like. It feels yeah, like yeah. I police everything around me. Yeah. Everything around you that you're tracking. Right. So if you're not tracking it, like if you don't really care about stray cats, you're not mm-hmm. going to have a whole lot of judgments about stray cats until right. someone brings your attention to all the stray cats. And then you'll be like, that one's ugly. That one's cute. I won't mm-hmm. snuggle that one or whatever. Right. The point is that your judgmentalness is real. It's real. It's very real. I'm never going to take it from you, okay? Not only do you have a bunch of Scorpio in you, well, you've got a bunch of Cancer in you. I mean, Cancer is that zodiac sign that people don't say, oh, that's a judgmental sign, but it is. So Mm -hmm. very judgmental. So you got a lot of things in your chart that speak to that. But what's actually important in this conversation is everything you fixate on outside of you, all of your judgments, all of your condemnation, You point towards yourself as well, period. You really do treat yourself with that same hammer, with that same inspection 
and judgment. And you either fear that consequences are coming for you or you generate those consequences for yourself. Right. And I will say as a person who's living through this time, you know, alongside with you and everyone, and I'm watching people on social media and how people are behaving on social media, people I agree with, people I don't agree with, both. Fervor and ferocity with which people are showing their asses around how they judge and condemn. Mm -hmm. What I see when I see that is, oh, wow, you are so mean to yourself. Like, righteous about this issue or not, there are ways of communicating and holding things that are cruel and, like, spiky. And then there are ways of doing it that are not. And listen, I'm not trying to be like, no one should be angry. I'm, You know I'm a big fan of anger. <laughs> I'm, like, a big fan <laughs> of anger. It's not a, this. None of this is actually about anger, right? None of what we're talking about is really about anger. It's judgment and condemnation. What's really important is that the way that we treat others is how we treat ourselves, most right. people. And so this kind of like core issue of, so not the specifics of what's happening in the world, but this core issue of you struggling to figure out why you can have empathy for some victims and not for others, why you can perceive nuance in some places, but not in others. The thing I want to say to you is that's that's how you treat you. Yeah, I just, um, I don't feel like I extend much empathy to myself, but I, the judgment, the apart for sure. And I see right. how that, right. that relates. I see that there are ways and moments where you can be like, okay, 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 okay. And you can kind of like, I don't know if it exactly feels like empathy for yourself, but you can kind of like come to a state of like neutrality with yourself. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. But it's kind of like a condensation pattern for you. You kind of like push things down, really compact. And then you're like, okay, 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 okay. I can tolerate this. Does that feel right? Yeah. What's really important about this is that the way that you treat yourself mm -hmm. eventually leaks into how you treat others. Within that... That means that eventually, if you're super judgmental and mean and unforgiving to yourself, eventually you're just gonna, you know, you're gonna have a hard time forgiving your partner when he fucks up. And mm -hmm. you're gonna have a hard time letting go what a friend does. Here's the big fat butt. The butt is unless you've done a good enough job, like a good Catholic boy, to convince yourself that you are the worst and therefore they can do whatever they want. And what they do, no matter how bad it is, is not as bad as you on some core level. Yeah. This exact pattern is what you, you are finding yourself doing as you look at the suffering of some people versus other people. This is not a comparison. You know, we don't need to compare sufferings. To compare sufferings is to assume that the actions of the state of Israel and its greatest supporters is the same thing as the people who suffered on October right. 7th and who are still suffering, I'm sure, who are uh, hostages. It is really important to be able to see that, you know, this this issue in your in the world and inside of you has brought to your attention something that you're not happy with yourself about that you want to have the ability to experience empathy for people that you objectively believe you should have empathy for. But this is the thing that happens over time, is that the way that we treat ourselves, it becomes really hard to not treat other people that way. The way that we treat ourselves, 
has so much to do with our worldview. And I think that on some meaningful level, this explains why there's so many gay Republican lawmakers who are like, (laughs) down with gays, gays are bad. It's just like the way we hate ourselves, we will eventually hate other people, which is why from my perspective, you know, through my work, I really believe that self-care is a decolonial project when it's done from a perspective of community care, because the way that we treat ourselves, it will leak onto other people. When we look at the most conservative elements in society, right, Mm -hmm. you have to imagine that these are not the most free people in terms of like their their own inner world and their own lives. Like they don't have a lot of options. They just have the options of the church or the options of their fucking square box, right? From a more psychological and spiritual and emotional level, this is where we come to understand yet again that hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it's not a, a justification. It's not like, oh, well, well, if you're hurt, then you can hurt me and that's cool. Like that, that's not it. But it's to understand that the worst things that people do are always out of fear. They're always out of shame. They're always out of, on some meaningful level, something really wrong within them. Again, that's one of those things where for sure I understand it, right? Mm -hmm. And whether it's some kind of geopolitical thing like, you know, Israel-Palestine or an interpersonal thing in my life, it still feels so unjust. It is unjust. Just just because it's been explained and I I know how we got to this point, it feels so, it doesn't sit well with me and it doesn't soothe that part of me that gets indignant, that gets righteous. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's stay with Maybe it's not about soothing me. Maybe that's where I'm wrong. It's not where you're wrong, but it's where you get activated and then go into condemnation, right? Because as I was saying that, I could feel it like sh- shifting. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. And, I don't, and you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're understanding that just because a hurt, a person is truly hurt or motivated from fear or shame, that does not mean that you're fucking entitled to mm-hmm. genocide, obviously, or to being a fucking bitch, you know, on a like a dinner date or whatever. Right. right? Like on a big level, on a on a small level. I mean, I don't think interpersonal stuff is small, but comparing it to right. you know, world events. So what this is, is a couple things. First of all, it's information. You can feel the kind of like fire in your chest, in your belly right now, eh? Mm. Breathe into the chest and the belly. What you're doing is you're trying to saturnian compress it. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the move <laughs> is to try to actually like continue to breathe into it and to receive it and just stay with it for another minute. Stop watching yourself. Just breathe into the feeling. Interesting. You went away a little bit. Okay. So did you just a little bit disassociate? Like, did your mind kind of go blank? I like touched it and then my mind went elsewhere. Slightly. Yeah. It just went, yeah, distracted. So this is not like disassociation, like, you know, you're, you're a disassociated being, but that's like a disassociative response because the emotions, they're so scary and hard for you. See, what happens when you start to get this level of like, that's wrong, is you get really angry. And what I started to feel right before you booped out was you're sad. You're just so sad that people are so mean and you're sad that you can't do anything about it. Sorry. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of sadness. Yeah. It's sadness. It's grief. It's hopelessness. 
It's helplessness. And if I just name these emotions and it it hurts your feelings so much, doesn't it make sense that you would instead be like, hammer, bad, hammer, good, move on? Because it allows you to feel some measure of control mm-hmm. and power, right? Condemning people feels powerful. That's why powerful people do it all the time. Obviously, it's an abuse and misuse of power. But in this situation with you, it's not about you abusing power. I mean, maybe you do. I don't fucking know. It's not what we're talking about, though. It's about your emotions are so powerful that the truth is, if you were to really feel them, really feel them, where would it end? I mean, where would it end? That's the problem, right? It feels bottomless. Bottomless. That's right. It does feel bottomless. And to a certain extent, It is bottomless when we are looking at the level of injustice in Gaza, in Sudan, in the Congo. I mean, we can keep going, unfortunately. That's how Mm -hmm. fucked up this world is. I don't know about you. I can't hold it all. I I can't hold all that is happening in the Gaza Strip, let alone in all these other countries. Mm -hmm. I, I can't hold realizing I disagree with a friend that I thought I agreed with in fundamental ways. Like one relationship, and it's like... It just feels like a, a endless, bottomless pit. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's the answer to your question. And listen, I don't know. Maybe, you know, you're anti-Semitic in some way that I don't know about. I'm going to assume that's not the case here, okay? And that said, I think everyone deals with anti-Semitism, Jewish people and non-Jewish people. I think everyone mm-hmm. deals with racism. I think with everyone deals with homophobia because right. of the fucking world we live in, right? So ag- acknowledging that, but that's... I don't think that's the core issue here. The real core issue is on October 7th, not only did the fucking terrible, violent, just horrifying attacks happen to Israelis and other people who happen to be in Israel, right? There's like Thai nationals and other people that were there. But it was like all of a sudden, like everything broke loose and we really started seeing images and videos and getting news and data about what's actually happening in Gaza, right? Mm -hmm. So when I say that, I want to just acknowledge you poof off again. You disassociated a little bit. And being able to be aware like, oh, oh, okay, wait a second. My emotions, like my, my brain just got distracted and now I don't feel quite as emotional. Like I feel a little bit more, a little more empty, but that's Mm -hmm. good because you're feeling overfull. Yeah, it's soothing. Exactly. So when we are in this state of experiencing emotions that are just so painful and awful to experience, I mean, how do you accept this reality? I mean, how do you not accept it? But how do you accept this reality? You know, you hear me on the podcast always saying acceptance is not consent. Acceptance is not consent. But it does feel like it on some level, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. That's it why I say like, it all it the feels like, time. It feels like if I concede anything, yeah. then everything's lost. And again, on big and small issues, right? But it's like you have to hold I have to hold strong, otherwise the posture that I'm defending or the the people I'm defending or whatever lose everything. Yeah, and it's that's one right. it's one or the other. There's no there's no gray area. Correct. Yeah. And so from that place, from that place in terms of the the social and political realities we live in, and in terms of your nature, and in terms of the way you treat yourself, and in terms of your own capacity to stay emotionally present when these emotions get so big, it makes sense why you would have to turn away from 
the quote-unquote bad guys, because to see the bad guys as vulnerable victims of the Zionist project and colonialization and a violent government and violent, horrifying attack. Even as I say that, again, you clamp down. You clamp down. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad you noticed it. It is okay to see we are all victims. It is actually okay to have empathy. See, you go to, so I say it's okay to, that, that we are all victims. And you're like, yeah, no. Mm-mm. We focus on the biggest victim. That's it. The biggest victim. And if we talk about or give any kind of emotional energy to the other victims or to the perpetrators, then we're taking energy from mm-hmm. the biggest victims. You are not alone in feeling this way. Just open Instagram for, for evidence, right? <laughs> but here's here's the truth. That is only true because we have a limited capacity to feel. And that limitation is not inherently a bad thing. There is a limit to what you can feel. That's okay. Mm-hmm. There's a limit to how much you can hold. That's okay. But when you accept the reality or acknowledge the reality, let's say, that you do not know how to have empathy for yourself, that you do not know how to hold the complexity of, yes, I was shitty to my boyfriend yesterday in this fucking stupid way Mm -hmm. that I've done 50 times before. And he forgives me because he knows I was just like low blood sugar, but I feel fucking awful about myself and I'm ultimately a bad person. Like if you can't hold the complexity, if you're just like, (laughs) I'm bad or I'm entitled to be mean, it's like Mm -hmm. either or, right? then this isn't going to really change. How could it? How could it change? Mm-hmm. Is this making sense, the connection I'm, I'm plugging between these two things? Very much. Okay. Yeah. What I'm going to say is arguable. And I'm going to preface what I'm going to say with, from an emotional development and spiritual perspective, I would even say from a psychological perspective, militancy does not promote freedom. There's no liberation in militancy. I mean, it's kind of the opposite of... Of, of liberation. Right. And you are militant with yourself. And you were raised in a family with militancy as kind of at the core and mm-hmm. within a religious structure that was militant in its application. Looking at your chart, I was like, all right, he was either raised by a military family or in the church. Like, I, it's a real <laughs> either or here because, because it was it, so similar, eh? Yeah. And so militancy doesn't bring about healing. And also... There's a reason why people are fucking militant. It's because of fanaticism, right? There's, there is that. But that usually, again, is sparked by fear. Okay, so it happened again. It happened again. Did you feel it? When, when I, just I was, said, I was like, trying to, that was, that felt different to me. That felt as a trying to process and think about something. It felt more rational than the previous kind of in my chest. Okay, great. Okay. <laughs> because what I, the way it, it registered to me, not being in your head and just tracking you psychically, um, was you're separating yourself from the feeling. So now you separated yourself from the feeling into analysis versus mm-hmm. before it was into like kind of just like distraction. Again, analysis is not bad. Don't stop being analytical, obviously. Mm-hmm. Distraction's not inherently bad either. You need to be distracted from the world a lot of times in the day. That's fine. It's actually fine. It's actually fine. Did you think it wasn't fine? I guess I have this notion that like, and this maybe goes to the Catholic thing or to mm-hmm. that, you know, Saturn conjuncta ascendant, but like kind of a purist, things have to be a certain way all the time, right? This sort yes. of um, slacking is not allowed, right? And so yes. if I say that I have a certain value or that I'm 
whatever, it has to be true 24 hours a day, yeah. you know, 365 days a year. Okay. Okay. So you're talking to a triple Capricorn right now. I do not disagree. I am with you 100%. <laughs> you're like, that's correct. It's correct. I agree. But here's the tricky part, okay? The way you're doing it is not sustainable. You're doing it as though you've got 15 more weeks to live. Like you cannot sustain this level of perfectionistic drive for the course of your life. So mm. while yes, I agree, if you're going to have ethics and values, if you're going to be committed to a certain way of living or a certain way of functioning in the world, yeah, fucking do it. If you're going to do it, fucking do it. Go all the way. Mm -hmm. Go. Do. I'm 100% with you. But within that needs to be an acceptance of our humanity and the inherent, like, you know, that expression, no ethical consumption under capitalism, right? Yeah. Like, there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. There is no way that you can be a non-Indigenous Canadian talking about colonization without mm -hmm. irony in your heart. Right. Like, there's so so if we cannot be perfect because the world is so profoundly flawed, how can we bring empathy into our practices? Families in Gaza are in need of your urgent support. Israeli warplanes are bombing Gaza right now, causing death, injury, and trauma. The organization Mecca has staff and local partners in Gaza on the ground and ready to respond to the most urgent needs of children and families. Please give now to provide medical aid, clean water, food, psychological support, and more. Give what you can at MeccaForPeace.org. That's M-E-C-A-F-O-R-P-E-A-C-E dot org. So much of what Gazans are asking us to do is to not turn away, mm -hmm. to not turn away. But does that mean you have to watch video after video after video after video? Mm -hmm. is, is that what that means? Do you think it's is that's what that means? I mean, I'm no. asking you literally. Okay, no. So you're you figured out how to pace yourself. Yes, that it's not. I haven't dropped everything to just be on Instagram and to write to my elected officials and be marching every day. I keep going okay. with my life. Yeah, you're doing both. So you figured out how to do this, and is that because this is an issue you've been activated around since before the seventh? Does that make sense? What I'm asking you? Like why I have a certain amount of like balance in it yeah you it? have a certain amount of balance which is like interesting because we we're just talking about the ways in which you don't really have mm -hmm. this balance well i just judge it when i don't that i haven't you know and i <laughs> i just go i go out of my life and i just judge myself throughout it i feel guilty for the other commitments and obligations in my life mm -hmm. I, see. I see and i mean not 24 7 but when i do think about it and i see you know people posting about the rally that they went to and whatnot and i'm like oh shit i wasn't there for whatever reason you know mm -hmm. Okay. Saturn governs judgment and condemnation and guilt. It also governs humility, accountability, and responsibility. Yeah. You know where you want to lean, right? Mm -hmm. Because the thing about condemnation and the guilt is it's so self-referential, right? It is ultimately about our own hangups. Mm -hmm. And it's so much easier to see that in really conservative people, isn't it? Like, it's so easy to see all that condemnation and all the fucking controlling people. It's really about their own weird, limited hangups, right? Yeah. That's easy. If you were to take the approach of saying, this is my life and I believe in X, Y, and Z as 
the most important things to take my attention right now. So let's say that means like I actually have to go to my job today. That is mm. the most important thing. Like I can't not go to work. You know, you have a doctor's appointment and you actually have to go to the fucking doctor or whatever. Like you decide that there are specific things that you have to do. If you take responsibility for the choice and you own it with humility and you are accountable to that choice, then you're not wasting your energy and time on what it could have should us. And then you actually get to make a different choice later today, tomorrow, whatever. You don't twist up your energy. And I think that's a lot of what happens for you now is mm -hmm. you you have the absolute best of intentions. But what do they say? Perfect is the enemy of good, right? Mm -hmm. the, the perfectionism that you hold is so righteous. It's like you're stabbing yourself and others with perfection. Like it's like, and where does it... What what does it do? And what this issue that, you know, prompted you to write me is really revealing to you of yourself is that you're losing access to your capacity for empathy. From my perspective, it is because you have overdeveloped your capacity for anger to motivate you or indignation or rage or whatever the fuck it is. You, you understand what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. To motivate you so that you don't have to feel sadness. And I'm a big fan of anger motivating us. It's like the dial, you know, the dial mm -hmm. on a stereo. Oh, yeah. Like you, it's only turning in one direction now. It's just, mm -hmm. it can go up. That's all it can do. So your access to feeling sad and scared is where your empathy's hiding. And I know that what I'm saying is like, oh, just feel sad more. Which is terrible, and I know. It's I don't like, think that, that's not how I'm interpreting it. Okay, good. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm so glad you're not. Okay, good. It's that I know it's there. I mean, I started crying when you just yeah. named it. Yeah. And maybe it's not the right word, but like the, having the bravery to like sit with that is what it's. Bravery is the right word. It is. Like I can, I can feel it and still be okay. Yeah. Even though you know. And also, you cannot be okay. Let's yeah. be. Let's be real. Three planets in Cancer. Three, including your ascendant in fucking Scorpio. Yeah, you're allowed to not be okay as well. Yeah. And when you have this much water in your chart, I mean, real talk, you're going to drown sometimes a little bit. And <laughs> who wants to fucking drown? Nobody, but especially not fucking Saturn and Pluto. This feeling of sadness, in order to actually experience it, to feel sad about, oh, I was mean to my boyfriend, or to feel sad about the fucking world. And, and mm -hmm. the horrifying atrocities of the world. In order to feel that sadness, you have to be willing to allow yourself to take time where you're not doing anything. And that's really hard. Yeah. The truth of the matter is we are at a terrifying crossroads as a global community, right? Mm -hmm. And if we don't find ways of prioritizing mutual aid, community building, humanitarian motivations, like what, what the fuck is going to happen mm -hmm. to us? In order for that evolution to occur, I am of the mind that we need to broaden our capacity to feel, which doesn't mean to feel good or to feel mm -hmm. right. It just means to feel because it's so easy to look at boomers and be like, fucking boomers. Look at what boomers mm -hmm. are doing. Look at all the things boomers have done. But what we're really just looking at is the first time in human history that we have a digital age where we can look at people who are older than us. 
mm-hmm. who have not done enough therapy, which is not in any way specific or exclusive to boomers. It's people, <laughs> right? Over the course of time, this way that you are so mean to yourself, this way that you are so unrelenting and unforgiving towards yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, over the course of time, it can turn you into somebody who's just yelling at kids from your fucking porch. You know what I mean? Like, it could easily do that. And it's not just you. It's like all of us, right? Mm-hmm. We all have the ways that we're hurt and that we, that we like, have maladjusted coping mechanisms. But there are coping mechanisms. And when mm-hmm. big things happen in the world, we only know how to use those maladjusted coping mechanisms when we right. engage with the world. I mean, this this makes sense. This is why so many social justice movements are with like people in their 20s, because people at a certain point are just like, I can't like I got to go work on myself, which mm-hmm. is not again. And it's not an excuse, but it's it's a reality. Right? right. It's a it's a reality. And so I don't think that what I'm saying is the only truth, but I think it's a meaningful truth. If our social justice movements are not imbued with heart takes a lot of fucking work when things get messy and they do then they're not really sustainable and you're at the age where you've probably been a part of different activist groups or like subversive communities and seen them kind of like implode or crumble i am mm-hmm. have you already yeah yeah around me yeah not mm-hmm. so much me i'm not the biggest activist but definitely friends and stuff seeing how right. how things have changed you know from when we were in our 20s to to our late 30s yeah this is what happens within groups and movements. And it's not for any other reason than groups and movements are made up of people. Mm-hmm. And people have shit. And it's not you, 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 you alone do not have shit. I have shit. We both have shit. Everyone we meet has shit. Yeah. And everyone has maladjusted coping mechanisms. And everybody makes mistakes. And what happens when we are unwilling or unable to acknowledge other people's fallibility, other people's vulnerability, other people's ability to make mistakes and not be aligned with those mistakes, but have made them anyways. Mm -hmm. That reveals that we treat ourselves that way. And having the ability to perceive the humanity in someone else and greet it with the same way you would want your humanity greeted is good for your soul. It's good for your heart. And it means you have to feel sad and bad sometimes, a lot of times in these days. But Unfortunately, I think that's what that means. And that's why most people aren't doing it. Go back to my question then. Yes. If I understand. See, already I feel guilty about this, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, there's an element of of starting within within my own reactions to myself and my own punishing self before, you know, physician heal thyself sort of thing about mm-hmm. like before fixing the world. But even that feels that like wellness influencer spiritual bullshit yoga class. Stuff yes. that I yeah. judge so hard, judge so harshly, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So let's talk about You know about what I want? It. I want permission. That's what I'm looking for. I want you to, well, like, Jessica, tell me I'm allowed. So, first of all, I mean, I can give you permission, but it's not going to work. It doesn't work. It'll work for 15 <laughs> minutes. And then all your shit comes back up, right? Because mm-hmm. these are your core coping mechanisms. And core mm-hmm. coping mechanisms, they're the foundation of the house. They're like underneath the foundation of the house. You can't mm-hmm. just like, you know, I, I can't get in there and just fix it without picking up your house and moving it. <laughs> Right. So there's layers to this. One meaningful layer is recognizing that there's something happening in the world that you mentally understand. Oh, I objectively should have empathy for vulnerable people in mm-hmm. this situation. And you do not emotionally have that access to those feelings. 
right? So there's the acceptance piece, which straight out the gate, you ain't got. Mm -hmm. It's weird because you asked the question, which is very impressive. <laughs> I was very impressed by the question because it's because it is vulnerable. And, I, I you know, it's it is a, a vulnerable thing to admit and to want to work through. But you don't accept it. And the lack of acceptance is because you don't want it to be true. Yeah, well, it goes back to that idea that if I if I see all sides, then I'm the people that I align with, the people that I feel most mm -hmm. that are the most the biggest victims, like you said, that that I'm taking something from them. Or You're that betraying I'm them. Betraying them. Yeah, let's use Scorpio language while we're here. Let's just betray. <laughs> you know, you're you're abandoning them and betraying them by having any empathy. The thing that's so challenging about Pluto, the planet that governs our survival mechanisms, in a fixed sign. So we're talking about millennials and boomers, right? Mm -hmm. Two two generations um, that have their survival mechanisms in fixed signs. The thing that's so hard about this is that it makes you feel like there is one way. And if I do not take that one way, everything falls. Mm -hmm. And we can look at boomers and be like, oh, look how that's played out over time. Not as great as they planned. They were fucking hippies. They were yeah. fucking hippies. They, I mean, the boomers have done so many wonderful things. I mean, just as a generation, I hate talking about generations like this, but whatever the fuck, it's useful in this moment. So, you know, they did so many wonderful things and then things changed. Oh, but they changed and then they mm -hmm. didn't. The same thing can happen, unfortunately, with Pluto and Scorpio's generation, because when we are so rigid, emotionally rigid, because it's Scorpio, it's, it's a water sign, right? When we are so emotionally rigid that we cannot access and experience complexity and also's, mm -hmm. then what we're doing is we're punishing ourselves, we're abandoning ourselves, and we're punishing others and abandoning them. And that can happen on a, like, you know, social level. It can happen with family of origin. That can happen with your engagement in real world issues, right? Mm -hmm. it, uh, all, the, all the fucking things. And you have the double fucking whammy. You're also Saturn and Scorpio. So, you know, it's just straight up nihilism. It's just like straight up like, what's the fucking point? It's all, fuck <laughs> it. No, you know what I mean? It's just like, it goes really extreme, really in a heavy, sharp way. Is there a part of you that believes that any Israeli deserved what they got, like just the fact of being an Israeli, that they deserved what they got. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you're honest because I'm psychic. So I already knew you meant that. Okay. I mean, that's awful, obviously. I, right? yeah. it, it's, I don't agree with that, right? I don't feel that way. But you do feel that way. And I'm not going to tell you how to feel. If that's how you feel, that's how you feel. But I do want to challenge you to apply that to North America. To Canada and the U.S. and apply that to the different communities that you could apply that to here, where it's not identical, it's not the exact same, but it's it's not radically different, is it? Mm -hmm. And see if it feels the same, because part of what I'm seeing is that it doesn't for you. Yeah, I have to sit with it more, but it's definitely different. Like part of me gets into the maybe it's the nihilist part of like, yeah, like Canadians would deserve retribution that we got from, you know, from indigenous people or from other, you know, it's not just in, mostly indigenous people, but not just yes. indigenous people that we've victimized and oppressed. It's back to that punishment idea that like, yeah. and this is what's, this is what I have such a hard time with. Cause when I hear, especially abolitionists talk about like prison abolition, it resonates intellectually so strong with me. And yet I have these ideas that like, I believe deeply in punishment. I think part of what happens when you think about it 
is it's very theoretical to you. Like it's not personal. You're mm-hmm. not thinking about a bunch of your friends going to a party with a bunch of strangers that they don't know. And somebody who has a really good, you know, like the, you know, like a, a, a right to be really angry at Canada, mm-hmm. you know, at, at the government, at the colonial project of Canada, mm-hmm. and then raping and murdering and torturing children and old people and adults. Once it gets a little more personal, it stops to make as much sense. Right. This is the thing about condemnation and judgment, is that it requires putting yourself on high, king shit of the turd pile, as my mother would say. It requires you separating yourself. And I am not suggesting that you are or I should ever tell any person who has been living with someone else's boot on their neck how to fight that person off and how to handle their oppression around that. That is not, that is not what we are talking about. There is something incredibly important about being able to acknowledge that if I have my boot on someone's neck and then they break free and then they kill you who did not have your boot on someone's neck, Mm -hmm. that that is not justice. Now, it might be contextually, you know, making sense and it it might be, you know, for in in a big social context, like justifiable, but would you want people to not have empathy for you? No. Right. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd want that for myself. You would be. I'd want the empathy. The empathy. Of course you would. And we all would. And also there's something very inherently Western about the way that so many Westerners are talking about indigeneity and mm-hmm. talking about colonizers and talking about who we should have empathy for and who we shouldn't, all these things. When we are sitting here, the beneficiaries of such violence, mm. just such violence, and it is very easy when we separate ourselves to come into these like right, wrong, good, bad. Again, we're back to Pluto, right? But when you personalize it and you imagine your own friends or your own self, it starts to get a little more complex. It just starts to get a little more complex. That complexity is it becoming a little more human? It's about it becoming a little bit more, when I say personal, I mean person to person. Mm -hmm. Every time we start to get near that, the wall comes up of, no, mm -mm. What, what people are going through in Gaza is real, and I can't have empathy for what people are going through in Israel. And there's like two things that come up for me around that. One is on a mental level, understanding the difference between a state or like Hamas and Palestinians. It's not the fucking same thing. Mm-hmm. Talking about those two things interchangeably is incredibly fucked up. Mm-hmm. You know, for the state of Israel and all Jewish people or Israelis themselves. And on a personal level, if I think about the worst person in my life who's treated me the worst and just fucked me up the most, if you had empathy for that person, you would not be harming me in any way, shape, or form. If you were able to see the humanity in that person, and be able to hold the complexity of how they came to be so fucked up, you would not mm-hmm. be harming me. Rationally, I'm with you. But, me, but emotionally, not so much. There were, I don't, there's this like defensiveness. But what I'm getting from this and what's really helpful is that, and I know this about myself of intellectualizing things, mm-hmm. but one of the remedies to that for me sounds like it's also in the do the visualization, which I don't, right? Yeah. It goes straight to this, like these like big ideas and... I think that to me seems like a way to that 
to accessing that sadness and to those emotions yeah. because it's part of my, it feels like a defense mechanism too, of just going to this very brainy kind of understanding of things. Mm-hmm. Cause we talked about it as like picture my friends in a certain situation. And yeah, it aligns differently. Another part that is really important for you to like, hopefully pull from this conversation is if you do feel, let's say empathy for Israelis, you have to tolerate you start to feel the empathy for Israelis. Maybe you just start to like turn in that direction. You're not actually feeling it, but whatever. You start to feel it. And then your grief and outrage for Palestinians gets bigger, bigger, bigger. And if you're going to actually be able to experience empathy for Israelis, you have to be able to stay present with the enormity of all the emotions that you can actually have empathy for both peoples at the same time. And it's not just that it doesn't steal from anyone. It makes you more resilient because you're not losing your humanity as you see displays of deeply inhumane behavior from the state of Israel and from the people who are holding it up. Mm -hmm. Say your name out loud again. Thank you. I want to just come back to this pattern for you of when you get emotionally activated, it's almost like you smooth out the sheets and it's totally flat. You get activated emotionally and then either you intellectualize or just like have a distracted thought and then it soothes you. Mm -hmm. It's like there's a smooth, Mm -hmm. the smoothness. That's why I said like flatten, you know, like when you like are making the bed and you flatten out a sheet. Um, It's like you, it soothes you. And there's something about this soothed state that is actually emotional compression. It's not neutrality and it's not peace, which is why underneath that soothed state is anxiety. Mm-hmm. So since I started like checking in with you energetically through our conversation, I've seen you do it. I couldn't count how many times you've done it. So many times. <laughs> it's like every 30 seconds or something like that. Like it's really a deep pattern. Oh my God. Pattern okay. No, no, no. It's, it's good information, right? Because it, ex- it, it contextualizes. It contextualizes why... It would be so challenging for you to be able to hold empathy for, quote unquote, both sides. Innocent civilians, including little kids, were killed and harmed and all kinds of terrible fucking things. Terrible things. And we're not comparing. We're not comparing. See, this is where your brain goes to. You start comparing. Yeah. Your, your, Your brain is just like good and evil, good and evil, good and evil. Which one's worse? Which one's, which one's, you know, more justified? The way to work with that is to just notice yourself doing it. Don't fucking be mean to yourself. Don't be judgmental okay. towards yourself. Don't be ashamed. There's nothing to be ashamed of. There's really earnestly nothing to be ashamed of because you're trying. You are allowed to be fucked up. If you weren't fucked up, I don't know, I kind of think you'd, we'd all be dead if we weren't fucked up. I kind of <laughs> think this fucking project of being a human is just like working through trauma or something it's just like i don't know it's a mess that's why we're here and then it's yeah. that's it it's what then it we is float off somewhere else exactly i mean let's hope it's an easy float all to say you are allowed to be fucked up but i think taking accountability for oh okay this is the max this is my max apparently this is my max because i just went straight into judging i went straight into like good guy bad guy stuff mm-hmm. okay just practice noticing it spend one mm-hmm. one to three months we'll say Where you just make it your psychological practice to notice, psychologically notice, psychologically notice when you do it, when you Mm -hmm. disassociate, if you can, and certainly when you go into condemnation. But the practice of noticing is not the practice of judging. You know how to judge when you do it. That's not (laughs) what I'm talking about. 
Judging is followed by shame or guilt or distraction. It's just Notice, noticing what is. Yeah, just noticing yeah. what is. Yeah, that's it. It's information. Mm-hmm. And it's generally going to be information about you being emotionally Dick. taxed. Yeah. Like you're you're like at the no, you're at you're at it. Okay. That's the level that you can tolerate. So your survival mechanism kicks in and is like good guy, bad guy. Consequence, punishment. Judge you become judge and jury because you're scared of being condemned mm-hmm. or falling apart. If you practice this, the only thing that's going to change is your ability to change, which is a really, really big thing. But it's <laughs> slow. It's slow. What I'm recommending is slow because if your ability to change expands, right, if your ability to change expands, then after one month or three months, whatever you end up working with, you can start noticing how you feel and tolerating the emotion. And over time, you can expand your ability to feel. And then you will be sadder and you will curse my name. But you'll have less righteousness within that. You'll have the capacity to experience greater nuance. You'll have the emotional, not just the intellectual capacity to experience and also, mm-hmm. which will make you nicer to yourself and make your life easier to live in all ways and directly affect your ability to look at situations that are far from you and have empathy and compassion to all all all, all players, not just the biggest victims in the situation. Right. And for you, giving yourself the authority, it's funny because you mentioned earlier, like, oh, just give me permission. You know, you have to give yourself permission. See, you've got Saturn conjunct the Ascendant, but it's in the 12th house. And having Saturn in the 12th house, the kind of core lesson is how to cultivate your own backbone. So in the world, people with Saturn in the 12th house seem very together. But inside, it's like, oh, I don't know if I have a right to do this. I don't know if I (laughs) can give myself permission. I don't know if I'm an authority in my own life or even an authority on myself. Uranus is currently opposing your natal Saturn. This is the time for this work. You cannot stop this freight train from running. Like, this is the time. And what is happening in the world requires your attention and your care and your activism in whatever way is realistic and sustainable for you. But it is also mirroring something inside of you. That mirror is here so that you can look in it, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't believe, you know, I think you and I are on the same page of like, I'm not going to be like, go heal yourself. The world can wait. No, it, they're interconnected, you mm-hmm. know? And there is like a string that goes really kind of like deep through all these issues of the truth. The truth is that you... You know what you believe. You you have no ambiguities. I mean, I've not heard a lot of ambiguity. I've heard mm-hmm. a lot of pain. But like your understanding of the world, you're really clear. You just haven't given yourself the authority to align with that clarity. And you haven't mm-hmm. accepted what that means and how to hold it. And you're changing. It's going to change. It's, it's changing. And mm-hmm. if you're doing it right, it'll hurt. Not make you angrier and more judgmental. If you're doing it right, you'll feel sad, which I'm imagining in the last few months you have been feeling more of, in addition to the condemnation and the rage and all the things. Yeah. You're doing what needs to be done in a lot of ways. And then there's like all this work more to do. Now, is there like a final question? Did I hit this for you? I mean, as best as possible. Very, very, very much so. And I didn't recognize how much it was about my condemnation towards myself. Mm. 
it's interesting that you, you just mentioned that I'm changing because I, I was going to ask you something about like, I feel like I don't, I feel like I'm, I feel like I hoard knowledge. You know, people who buy books and just yeah. never read them. They just like having books. Yeah. I don't necessarily do that, but I feel like that person sometimes where I like having information and knowledge and then I, it just sits on my shelves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Saturn conjunct the ascendant for reals. Also yeah. a bunch of planets in cancer, right? <laughs> These are not like flexible and adaptable placements. You know, it's not exactly yeah. what it is. But you are changing because you are going through a Uranus opposition to Saturn. Starting February, Pluto is going to square itself. And when Uranus is done with Saturn, it'll oppose your ascendant. So you're changing. You mm -hmm. don't need to do anything to change. It's happening. Prediction lobbied. The only thing you need to do is to make sure those changes are improvements because mm -hmm. that's not a given. Change is not inherently good. Evolution. Mm -hmm improvements, those things are great. But, you know, look at the state of Israel. The changes are not good, but you are going to change. And if you can care about those changes instead of allowing shame and guilt to motivate you, there'll be improvements. Mm -hmm. What we grow from shame and guilt is generally more shame and guilt. So the work is to go from condemnation and blame and punishment to accountability, responsibility, and humility. It requires that you trust yourself. Mm -hmm. Accountability, humility, responsibility. There's trust, self-trust in there. Shame and guilt is what if I'm wrong about everything? Mm -hmm. Up until this year, I've been having this just started kind of the pandemic where I feel like this idea of like feeling like a man-child came up where I'm like, I'm, I'm very young and externally people are like, what are you talking about? Whatever. But internally and there's some external conditions now that have forced me to be more accountable let's say and more responsible but i'm wondering if that's what i was tapping into without the language for it of like yeah. a lack of those things or not a lack just not having cultivated them that, it, that's what it is i mean you were you were raised not to have those things god mm -hmm. gives you that the church gives you that nothing mm -hmm. else can give you that mm -hmm. and it's it's not enough to turn away from something we must cultivate something in its space so like you know turning away from any number of like isms or turning away from, you know, in this case, we're talking about like something really deeply personal, like your, your relationship to religion. That's step one. It can't be the last step. Mm -hmm. And what I think a lot of queers do is we like turn away from the things that like tell us what's wrong with us. And then we step into queer culture and it feels like we're embracing something. And we are for a time, but there has to be other things that we build inside of ourselves and around ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. It can keep us in a state of not childhood, but a lack of belonging to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if you don't belong to yourself, then who do you belong to? I think a part of you still belongs to the judging, mean, jerk God who wants to punish everyone who's mm -hmm. not perfect. Yeah. That's really, it's what, it's what we've been talking about this whole time. So you've got like a lot of gently unraveling to do. And if you don't do it gently, then you're going to shut down and disassociate. And you, all those old coping mechanisms come back. Mm -hmm. This has to be done gently. And there's nothing in your chart that's like, great, gentle. I mean, I know you have a cancer moon, but like <laughs> all that cancer placement stuff can be so gentle towards others, but so mean to the self. Mm -hmm. um, again, it's like, I think there's a way that, that cancer placement people, I mean, you're not a cancer, but like cancer placement people really get like misunderstood. That pincher can be turned inside, you know, and you can get like attached to things. There's a part of you that still believes in all the things you were raised with on a core level. And I think it would be fair to revisit those beliefs. And 
you may find that you need to put another structure in place, another mm-hmm. belief system in place. And you might not, but it's worth exploring, right? Mm-hmm. Your mind is endlessly open. You have taken your heart offline. I think breath work might help you with that a little bit, like breathing a little bit more intentionally into those parts of you that you you know what I'm talking about, those parts of you mm-hmm. that are kind of, yeah, okay. Because the practice is to receive yourself. It's not to do anything. You have to do anything. You just receive mm-hmm. yourself. And it means that your thinking might get a little confused because you're more present with what's actually happening, which is that you're confused. You're overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. You're, it's too much. And you're allowed to have limits. In fact, working with your limits empowers you to be more whole. And then when you do show up for your partner, your bestie, your dad, or the people of Gaza, who you really wish to protect and advocate for, you can sustain those efforts and you can do things with more energy, more effectively. And that's just fucking, it's all really good words. I mean, I I believe I'm giving you excellent advice, but <laughs> if you don't give yourself the authority to be the boss of you, the dad of you, the, mm-hmm. you know, the structure bringer for you, then you're not going to do any of it because you'll keep on triple guessing yourself and then falling back on the survival mechanism, which is like perfect certainty and righteousness, Mm -hmm. right? So this is big work, but you are ready. The time is right, you know, but it it is, it's like your life's work, work. It's big work. Thank you for holding this. It was, I was really scared. Mm -hmm. Um, And it feels really, it happened to my emotions. Like, like it really, the gratitude that I feel that you held it and, made space for something that's kind of heinous or that I feel is heinous is um, mm-hmm. it's very touching to me. I really appreciate that. Every year they say the end is near.